Hey guys, this is Aaron Baker here, and before this episode gets started, I just want to let you guys know that this episode deals with some very sensitive and dark subjects, but I also wanted to let you guys know that I hope that these next couple episodes that I'm putting out help those in need that are going through, you know, really dark times like I, like I had went through that you guys are going to hear about. Uh, and I just want to let those people know right off the bat that if you're going through a rough time, you're not alone and you will manage to get through it. Um, I know most people aren't able to handle, you know, just everything that gets thrown at them all at once and they just want to commit suicide. And honestly, I was in that same boat and I went to go and seek help. There are people out there that's jo- that it's their job to go and help you and put you on the path to, you know, a better life, a happier life. Now, if you are currently listening to this and you feel like you have lost all hope and there is nothing left for you in life, let me tell you right now, your life is worth living. And if you really, really, really need the help, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That is 1-800-273-8255. This is gonna hurt you. Every word that'll say cuts deeper than a razor blade This is gonna break you From this day till you die It'll never ever be the same There's not a minute A second from now on That ain't gonna hurt you You will be begging on your knees to make it stop You will be screaming out in pain you had enough Cause when the storm is raging inside your heart Something's gonna break and stay there in the dark This is gonna hurt you Try to understand it You have never felt your heart turning colder than you
is gonna hurt you Alright ladies and gentlemen, here we are for another edition of the Bakery Podcast. And as you can tell by my demeanor, this one is going to be different. This one is as personal as it can possibly get. It, you know, it's detailing my battle with depression and and severe anxiety. And I'm not going to go from like the beginning of, you know, my memories per se, I've split it up into two chapters, you know, two parts of my life, and it starts with freshman year of high school, and it'll end to where, you know, thing, how things are going in present day. Now, before I even get there, I just want to tell each and every one of you, thank you for making this podcast what it is. I know that I have not been on the world's best release schedule. This is coming out about a month after the last episode, which I thank each and every one of you for listening uh, with that. You know, 80 downloads is pretty amazing. And I'm going to just say right off the bat, I am no longer waiting for a response from Sean or Andrew about coming on. I've reached out multiple times and they have not gotten with me on when they want to come on. So I honestly have to tell you guys don't look I don't see them sitting down and telling their side of the story anytime soon because it really doesn't just it really doesn't fit their agenda. Now with that being said as I, as I stated before, I haven't really been on the world's best release schedule, and I can sit here and make excuses every week and say I just don't have enough time, and you know, that's, that's true. I work till about 6.30 uh, throughout the week, Monday through Friday, and when I get home, kids go to bed, um, and I just want to sit and, you know, decompress from from the day that I've had at work but with that being said I'm going to start releasing these podcasts either Saturday night or Sunday night because that's usually when I have the time to actually sit down and record an episode also the re- other reason why I haven't been on the world's best release schedule is because I am plan I have been planning some serious like stuff behind the scenes. Some ideas that I have yet to, you know, ask some some people about especially if they want to come on. I'm trying to get um, an idea going to see if I can get some Ohio State fans or a former Ohio State coach to come in and talk before the Michigan game, we'll see how that'll pan out. I got to get on the ball on that one. Um, oh, and I almost forgot before I even before I even go into the story. Um, Shy Shiloh 
has officially quit EWF and has more time to record music and potentially do the podcast and promote his music. So once I'm able to get Shy Shiloh sat down and ready to record, we're I'm telling you right now that episode's going to be put out as soon as it's as soon as possible. Um, if I can before I record part two of what I call reflections, then that'll be it. That'll be you know the in between episodes. So, again, look forward to that. And lastly, if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. Please give me a review. I don't care if it's a one-star, a two-star, a three, four, or even a five-star review. If you think that my podcast is worth a five-star review, that's awesome. Um... If you think it's a, worth a one-star review, just don't be a dick or a troll and just give me a one-star review. Tell me why you didn't like it or what you didn't like about the podcast. And also, if you know me personally, shoot me a message. If there's a way that you can help me get better at this podcasting thing, I still consider myself a rookie and I've had this podcast going on and off for almost a year. I mean over a year pretty much. So, if there's something that you can contribute to, you know, making this podcast better, shoot me a message or whatever. Also, if you haven't already, go like the Facebook page, and when I post the episodes, share it with your friends and family. With that, with all that being said, housekeeping is done and over with. Let's get into what... I believe is going to be one of the hardest stories to tell. Alright, so honestly, the only way that I know how to start this story is to take you back nine years ago to 2010. Now, here's something you might not know about me. I graduated in 2014. Which means that 2010, the 2010-2011 school year was my freshman year of high school. Now, why am I taking you back nine years? Because things in my life would start to take an emotional downturn at this time. But not as bad as it would get the summer of sophomore year. So, I'm this, you know, freshman, already nervous about high school because, you know, the seniors love to pick on freshmen from what I've been told, but that was honestly a scare tactic. So, here's a, here's a little background information on the high school that I went to. It's called Shawnee High School. It is located in Springfield, Ohio, uh, Clark County, and it was one of those small rural countryside high schools um old old building old building and you know to this day i can still remember roaming the halls even though as i've gotten older my days have started to mash together and it's just a big old jumbled mess but i still remember remember um roaming the halls and i think 
to get to one side of the building to the other, it would take maybe about 15 minutes. Tops, maybe? Um, because that school was honestly that small. Um, so more background information. At this time, I was under some pretty, pretty heavy medication. Um, I was on Adderall for my ADHD, which I am now no longer on, and Dexatrine for uh, concentration, because eventually the Adderall would stop work, would honestly just stop working. Um, it would on, it would stop working around dinner time, so once I got home, I wasn't really focused on getting homework done, you know. Typical high schooler, right? Doesn't really really want to do homework. Uh, so you know what that means. Grades grades are falling, and I just attributed it to that I can't focus, and that was the god uh, god honest truth there, is that I couldn't focus. Now the problem with me being put on Dexatrine, I got put on that medicine um, about a week or so before school started. And with new medications, your body really has to get used to taking the medication when it does. So with a week before school started, my body was not ready for this new medication and I would fall asleep. I fell asleep in math class, I think maybe once or twice. And the teacher pulled me aside and wanted to know what's going on. Am I getting enough sleep? Is everything okay at home? And I told him... You know, my doctor just put me on this new medicine. Uh, my body's not used to it. I do apologize, but I can't. I honestly cannot help it. Um, hopefully, by the end of the week, we will. My body will finally be used to this medicine, and I won't be falling asleep in class. And let me tell you, falling asleep in class—that's not study hall—is honestly the most embarrassing thing ever. The most embarrassing thing ever, in my opinion, because one, the teacher will sometimes call on you to pick to I wouldn't say pick on you, but to, you know try to wake you try to wake you up. So for those those uh, kids that are listening to this that are in high school right now or are a senior, well I won't even say senior seniors. You already know what to do. But if you're a freshman, I would honestly save your naps for um, study hall. Um, I mean, honestly, just save your naps for study hall. Don't don't fall asleep in class. Don't be an idiot. Think about your future. I wish I would have. I wish I would have because I would have been going to college, which is something that I didn't didn't get to achieve. But. You know, fresh, freshman year, I I want to say that it was hard for me, but it really wasn't. I think the hardest thing for me is, you know, a fresh start, emphasis on the freshman shit, fresh start, you know, you're, you're taking the school district, you're taking three schools and jumbling all the students together in one big high, in one high school student body. Of course, fights are going to break out. Of course, you know, kids are going to have disagreements. 
And at this time, you know, we're all going through that change called puberty, so our testosterone is rising, and so is mine. And mine would honestly lead to more anger outbursts than anything. And, I'm, and I'll attribute the anger outbursts to uh, home life. My home life was pretty shitty, and it was only getting shittier. For, and for whatever reason, with me being the oldest, I guess I had to be made the example out of. But wh whatever the case, my stepdad would always single me out to dish out punishment and keep, the, uh, and keep my brothers in check or whatever. But I got into my first fight freshman year. And honestly, now that I look back at it, it wasn't even a fight. It was mostly just me throwing haymakers and scratching and clawing at this kid. Um, one girl came up to me and said, I, if you hit him in front of me again, I'll be your girlfriend. And I didn't take it because I'm at that time, I'm the most awkward kid. I'm going through some shit at home that nobody knew about. And I really didn't feel like dragging people into my personal shit. You see, in the, in my uh, stepdad's house, there was a rule. If you fail one of your classes, you don't get to play video games. Okay, fair rule, fair rule. Don't get rewarded if you fail classes. Understandable. Well, you see, in freshman year, I didn't fail any classes, but I also had to share an Xbox with my brothers. So, of course, you know, we're going to fight over, you know, who gets TV time, who gets Xbox time, and who doesn't. And unfortunately, I got the shit into the stick a lot. And I, I honestly, I mostly played outside by myself because I had, I did have friends. I didn't want you guys, I don't want you guys to think that I'm just some kind of loner psychopath. But I had friends, but they lived nowhere near where I lived. So I would always just, you know, play football. Um, honestly, by myself, I would imagine that I would get tackled or, you know, I'd catch a touchdown pass because playing football was and always will be a dream of mine that I never got to achieve. And as unfortunate as that sounds, I can definitely understand now why my mom didn't want me to play. She was afraid that I would break a bone or whatever you know how overprotective moms are so I also had to deal with that um, so you know the sense of feeling alone and also you know your brothers are being assholes and picking on you for the dumbest of things just because they have to or they feel the need to um, so there's that and in freshman year I'm pretty sure everybody right now has thought of this or has had this happen. You start to, you know, you start to like girls and and me, I was I was shy around every girl that I liked. No 
I can count on my hands, both hands, the number of times that I have had maybe a one-sentence conversation with a girl that I liked, and it just, I I would get this anxiety, like, does she really want to talk to me? Is she really going to feel the same same way as me? And I got to tell you, that has affected me throughout the years. Um, and, I, and I'll get into this more in part two, but I wasn't the one that asked Amber out. Well, I wasn't the one that confessed that I had feelings for Amber. Amber confessed feelings for me. And of course, I'll go into detail in part two. But there was this one girl in particular um, that, and it's homecoming. And I wanted to take her to homecoming, but I was so just self-conscious about the word no that it would have just, and and here's the thing. This girl, everybody would tell me, up until senior year and graduation, that we would have been probably the perfect couple. We would have been the cute couple. And, you know, I never jumped on the fact. And that's because, you know, the, what I just mentioned, the, the anxiety would get to me tenfold whenever, you know, I was around this person. So, I had my friend ask her for me. I had my friend, Jonte Davenport, ask her for me. Um, and I waited until the end of the day to finally find out if I had a date to, to homecoming. Unfortunately, the answer was no. And I would find out that if I would have asked her myself, the answer would have been yes. Because this girl also liked me back. Again. What are you going to do? There, there's nothing I can do now. The time has passed. Um, there's nothing I can do now as time has gone on to, you know, go back in time and say, you know, you could have, you could have done something here. You could have had, you know, your first girlfriend freshman year, and who knows what would have transpired after that, you know? So there's that. And again, freshman year, it's, it's become a blur to me. I can't really remember a whole lot that had happened. Um, oh, yeah, that that happened. I just remembered something. Um, and this one, this is a story that I'm not even going to tell. All I'm going to say is that I was given a hand-me-down phone. I found something on the phone that wasn't supposed to be there. I didn't put it on the phone. And it was the person that owned the phone that had put a certain thing on the phone... And I got in trouble for it and got the phone taken away. Now, some of you that are listening to this are probably like, what the fuck? What is that? What does that mean? I'm going to say there was an adult video on this phone. And I found it. Somebody in my class had seen it told their parents about it, and I got in trouble 
for um what's the what's the saying the lack of knowledge that said thing was on the phone and wasn't deleted so there there's that there's that i also had to deal with constant bullying because i'll take you back for those of you that know me and are my friend on Facebook, you know that I have long hair, and I recently have went back to wearing glasses. Well, nine years ago, imagine me with no no long hair, buzz cut, and I'd have these wire glasses. I fucking hated these wire glasses, and here's why. They would break at the slightest fucking touch of pressure. They would snap with the slightest touch of pressure. I've had broken at least 10 pairs of glasses by the time I got contacts. And it's not because I would fall asleep in them. It was because without glasses, I can't see. Like, period. I'm blind as a bat without glasses. So I had to deal with that. I had to deal with my looks. I hated the buzz cut, and I will never, ever understand why I wasn't allowed to grow my hair out just a tiny bit and I had to keep it at a buzz cut. So again, uh, here, I'll say this. The high school that I went to kind of had a strict dress code policy. Short hair, nothing really too long or distracting. No beards, which kind of sucks now that now that you look back at it, but it's whatever. Um, so there was that, so there was that, you know, I'm, I have a buzz cut, I'm also wearing glasses, my teeth aren't really the greatest fucking things ever, and of course I'm getting bullied, whatever, every kid gets bullied, but not to the extent that I got bullied, I got bullied like day, almost daily, for whatever reason, whether it be, I don't know, the way that I looked or just how the person felt that day and I was just the victim. So bullying in freshman year, it wasn't, it was bad. And it was to the point where I had, I had pretty much almost gotten close to rock bottom uh, freshman year and I wanted to honestly end my, end my life. Uh, the bullying got so bad um, that on the bus ride home, I was just like, you know, hope you guys have enjoyed the last moments you've seen me alive. And, of course, that got out to my parents. I had to have a sit-down chat with them. And, yeah, it was not, it was not the world's best day for me. Yeah, yeah. Again, like I said, this episode is going to be hard for me to talk about. So we're going to fast forward to the 2011-2012 school year. And um, that's sophomore year. And this is where, you know, things are really starting. Oh, before I leave freshman year... This is also when my dad came around the one time that I actually got to see him 
not behind bars. I'll get into that a little later. Uh, this was the time where my actual biological father started to try to come on, come around on a regular basis. Um, and I gotta tell you guys right now, me and my father have not talked since 2016. And that was after I blasted his ass. Um, that's after I, you know, I told, I told the story of my father pretty much being a piece of shit father. Um, and his wife being a fucking bitch and posting personal business on Facebook. And honestly, I wish I could find that episode for you guys so I could post that as a, uh, rewind style episode. I don't know if it's still on SoundCloud or not. But if I if I can find it or if somebody can somebody has that, please send that to me because I really would love to post that as a rewind episode. But yeah, that's the last time me and my biological dad had ever talked was 2016, maybe 17. No, no, it was 2017 was the last time that I talked to actually was the last time I feel like I had any association with my dad because I was threatened with uh, legal legal action after that episode came out but yeah 2010 was around the time my dad decided to come around for whatever reason I guess he was feeling guilty that year um, I went to his house really wasn't the greatest living conditions I've ever fucking seen but hey what can I ask from an ex from a person that's always going to con college, you know? Um, and me and my dad, we never really hit it off at all because as a as a kid that's going through awkward changes and also dealing with his own personal issues, it's kind of hard to tell somebody that hasn't been in your life for for so long. What, what's going on, you know, how, how are things going, etc., etc. So, that, that also I had to deal with on an emotional level, you know. The realization that my biological father now wants to be a father. Meanwhile, my stepfather's doing anything and everything he can to, you know, to wipe that away from history. So, yeah, I forgot to add that. But now, let's fast forward to the 2011-2012 school year. Sophomore year. Remember that girl that I told you guys about a little bit ago? The one that I wanted to take to homecoming? Well, now she's in my math class. And we sit next to each other. So it's a lot more awkward now because now I'm on an antidepressant. I was, na I was on an antidepressant uh, called Abilify. And Abilify is a terrible, terrible fucking drug. And I'll tell you why. Imagine... There, I'll, I'll paint this picture. I'm in math class. And... I don't know if it was because it was wintertime. Or what. But on top of Adderall, 
Dexatrine, and now Abilify, I'm on three medications, and I'm pretty much in a zombified state. I was very quiet. Um, man, this is the guys. This is honestly the first time in years that I'm looking back at all this. So if I pause, it's because I'm getting really, really emotional. But I was very quiet at this time. Like. Like, it's honestly hard to describe how quiet I was. It was... It's shocking, really. It's shocking. But... This girl... Is in the class... Is in this class with me. When this happens. So I'm sitting there. And I'm doing my schoolwork. Learning equations something. I, I honestly can't remember... And I go to itch my nose. Again, I don't know if it's because it was the dry winter weather or or what. But I go to itch my nose and my nose just starts dripping like a faucet that has not been turned off all the way. And no, it was not snot. It was blood. I was having a terrible terrible nosebleed and here I am with a uh, pool of blood not 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 an actual pool of blood but it's getting it's getting pretty bad um, so I get up I stand up everybody looks at me I'm embarrassed as shit and I have blood coming out my nose and I said uh, my math teacher's name at the time was uh, Mr. Garbrick I said, Mr. Garbrick, I really need to go to the nurse. Um, I just itched my nose, and now my nose is bleeding. I really have to go. So I grabbed just a bunch of tissues because I didn't want to get the blood all over the floor. Um, it would have been a big fucking fiasco and clean up. So I made sure that I made it to the nurse's office as fast as possible. Nurse checks me and asks what what happened, and I said I just itched my nose and started started nose started bleeding. Now, here's the thing. Okay, so here here's the here's the thing. I knew that something was coming with a nosebleed, but I didn't know when, because. When I would have these nosebleeds, I'd start to get, um, I'd start to feel, one, very nauseous, and, um, my head would start to hurt a little. Now, I don't know what that means, okay? I don't know medically if something was really wrong or what, but after that, after, you know, that nosebleed, um... After it stopped, I'd be fine. Now, I'd have the this kind of nosebleed earlier in my childhood, and it freaked me the fuck out. This time, 
I'm pretty much used to it. And it's ha- and it happened multiple times. Um but yeah, I was embarrassed. And again, you know, and I hope and my friend Jonte, he probably doesn't even know that math. He doesn't even remember that math class at all. But yeah, that was that was tough. But also during sophomore year is when, you know, shit really is starting to take fold uh, with the abuse that I'm suffering at home. It It's getting physical and it's getting rough. Um, so throughout sophomore year, I'm already dealing with my stepdad beating me. Now I have to deal with nosebleeds and antidepressant drugs and... A drug that's pretty much like Ritalin, but not Ritalin, to keep me from bouncing off the walls. It was just not a fun time. And with my terrible home life at the time, my grades would suffer. Bad. Um, I remember before Christmas break, I'd had I had to stay and make up a lot of schoolwork, a lot of. Science schoolwork because I just didn't. Honestly, guys, sophomore year, I didn't want to be there. Like physically and mentally. I had mentally checked out after the abuse had started. I just really wanted not to be there. I wanted. I wanted to die. Because I felt that there was just no way out. There, I felt at the time there was just no way out. Oh, fuck. But the only per, the only people that don't get their credit for keeping me alive are my two best friends that I shit-talked in an earlier podcast. If it, honestly, if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for them keeping me laughing and keeping me happy and keeping my mind off of everything wrong in my life, I honestly would not be sitting here. I would be six feet under. And honestly, I wouldn't know what what where I would be if it wasn't for those two. If it if it honestly wasn't for those two and a few other people. I would not be here. I would be dead. I would have found a way. I would have found a way to kill myself and make sure that I was found. Now I know what you're thinking. 
I know what some of you are thinking. How could you be so selfish? Why were you being so selfish? Why were you just thinking of yourself? Why didn't you think of what other people would think? Um, how would your mother, your grandmother, your family, how would they feel if you would have ended your life? And I was at, I got asked that question last year. And the answer was the same. I was at the bottom of the barrel and I saw no way out. I saw absolutely no way out. I honestly did not think it was going to be this tough to record this episode. I really didn't. Alright, time, time to get my train of thought back. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say it right now. I'm just going to say it right now. I want to thank Chris Andrew Loy, Jonte Davenport, I gotta think, Jenna Rigsby, um, Tony Hensley, and Christopher McGee. Um, without you guys, without you guys keeping me laughing and enjoying my life even though it was at the time it was just really shitty I want to thank each and every one of you I know some I know maybe one or two of you won't even hear this episode and that's really unfortunate that is really unfortunate but I personally from me I want to thank you I want to thank e I want to thank each and every one of you for doing what you did even though you didn't realize you were doing it. All right. This is where shit's going to hit the fan. So, who Jesus Christ. Summer of uh, summer leading into junior year. This is where the depression is going to just take hold. So, I'll, I'll give you guys some context. At this time, I'm listening to heavy metal music. That's, that's my getaway from the world. I was the... I was the absorbent sponge. I was the absorbent sponge and I absorbed any and every kind of just heavy metal rock music from Dawkins, Twisted Sister, Van Halen, Kiss, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, etc., etc. 
I was just such a sponge for that stuff because I needed more. Music at that time was just this getaway. If I wasn't at school and having those people that I mentioned either make me smile and make me smile or laugh, I had headphones in at home and I was listening to music because that was my getaway. All throughout sophomore year, I was grounded from video games because I was failing my classes. And the summer was no different. I got my report card and was told that I failed math by one whole point. And this was after the fact that I was getting tutored in math. Math and me throughout high school were not the best of friends. I am still terrible at math to this to this day. Math and science were not my shit, and they never will be. So, my stepdad's childhood friend was getting married at this time. So we went out to Iowa, and I gotta tell you, I enjoyed my time in Iowa for what it was. It was weird. It was weird being in Iowa. Um, if you really want to know, we were in the Quad Cities um, near towards Davenport, Iowa, all that shit, um, where Seth Rollins is from, or where he bills himself from, Davenport, Iowa. Um, it was fun. I, I honestly cannot complain. That was the one key happiness moment of my life is, you know, getting away from Ohio for a couple days. Um, but after, after we got back from Iowa, that's when things would take, you know, just, just drastic turn. Now, at this time, my favorite wrestler is CM Punk. You know, he had that fucking just world-famous uh, pipe bomb promo. And that's what I... Uh, that's what I, at that time, and still do, as, aspire to be. Is that person that is has a no-nonsense, no-bullshit attitude and doesn't want to take shit from other people. Well, on, the speci- on, on a specific night, I got caught playing video games. My brother's narked. They always did. They always will. Narc on me for whatever the fuck I do or did in life. They will always narc for whatever reason, whatever satisfaction my brothers got from me being in trouble. So, this night in particular, I could sense something was something was up. I could sense something was up. And I was upstairs. By my, I was upstairs by myself. I was either um, playing playing with Yu-Gi-Oh cards or Star Wars toys, creating battles on my own. Again, I didn't have any friends, and if I did, I wasn't allowed to hang out. I, if I, I didn't have any friends that lived near me, and if I did. I wasn't allowed to hang out with them at that time. 
Um, there was this girl in particular that lived down the street and was really, really just, she was, she, I'll, I'll, I'll give her credit. She was a nice girl, but she, she would smoke pot a lot. And that just was, that just wasn't my bag at, that just wasn't me at the time. And honestly, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't the person that I had a crush on. So, I really wasn't into hanging out with her much, let alone, you know, dragging dragging that person in with my bullshit. Well, I don't call it, it's not bullshit, it's just real life. And that's why I didn't have a girlfriend until about senior year, because I just didn't want people to be brought into my personal, personal torment. Because I would end up just pushing people away or scaring them with how emotional I would get. So, there you go. If you had a crush on me in high school, around freshman, sophomore year, I then some of junior year, I do apologize. Because I was not at my best mentally and emotionally to where I could have invested my time to give you all of me. So again, I apologize. Well, back to the story. On this particular night, I felt just a dark, dark presence. Or just a dark cloud coming over the house. So I knew something was up. So around 8, 9 o'clock, Monday Night Raw is on. And I'm watching it. And I get asked to come downstairs. And I'm like, okay, probably a family meeting or something. Uh, it was a family meeting, all right. My mom had just gotten home. So my dad, the shit, the fucking dickhead that he was, waited till my mom got home to then dish out a punishment. And this this story, I'm going to tell you right now, is the hardest story I'm ever going to tell. I walked down, again, I'm, I walked downstairs, and at this time, my grandmother had bought me a phone. I don't know what told me. I don't know if it was my dead grandma. May she rest in, rest in peace. May she rest in peace and guide me on my way, because at this night, there was something on the other side that told me turn your phone on and get ready to call for help so I get downstairs phones on and my stepdad proceeds to do the fucking interrogation shtick of were you playing video games? No, I wasn't. Well, I was told that you were. Well, I wasn't. I just sit around and do nothing all day. I listen to music. What do you expect from me? Kind of, kind of response. Kind of a, sh kind of a person that's just like, really, we're doing this again. Well, and he's like, well. Now you're not going to have video games for the rest of the summer. I was thinking of giving them back for maybe a week or two. But now you're just not going to get them regardless. 
and of course me being the person me being in this kind of rebel phase I just somehow this smirk just got put on my face My stepdad proceeds to say, wipe that fucking smirk off your face or else I'm going to come over and wipe it for you. Wipe it off for you. And me, being the defiant person that I am, I said, go ahead and do it. What you've done to me already just isn't going to fathom what, what, you're going to slap me? And he did. That motherfucker slapped me pretty hard. So, I get up. And I'm pissed. I'm fuming. And I have never, ever felt this rage come over me ever again. And I charge at him. I fucking charged at him. I said, that's it. And I fucking just started swinging. My punches did not connect. And next thing I know, I'm on the ground. in the fetal position getting kicked in the ribs by a man who at this time was about twice my age and it wouldn't stop For more than two minutes. It would not stop. And a little voice came into my mind at that moment. And he said, Hope you have enjoyed your life, but you're gonna die here. This is where you're going to go. Now, this wasn't my stepdad saying this, there was a voice telling me that this moment is where I was going to die. 
because my stepdad would not stop for another two minutes as I sit there and I take everything. I was pushed onto the floor towards a toy chest, ribs first. What kind of man does that? To a child that he calls his own. What kind of man does something so despicable. I will never, ever be able to wrap my head around why that happened. Yeah, teaching me a lesson is one thing. That, that, that moment has scarred me for life. It has scarred me to the point where I cannot trust any male figure that has come in to my life, whether it be an uncle, a grandpa, a friend, whatever it may be, all because of that night. I am sitting there screaming at the top of my lungs. Somebody help me, please. For the love of God, somebody help me. And nobody would come to my aid. Not even the neighbors. I wasn't yelling loud enough. I was not yelling loud enough. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the beginning of the end of my mom and my stepdad's marriage. It was that moment right there. We're gonna take a music break. And we're gonna come right back. And we're gonna get past junior year and senior year.
So I know what you're thinking. Why didn't you go and seek help or tell the authorities? Honestly, that man put the fear of God in me to where I felt like if I was even able to tell anybody, I'd still get punished in some way. I'm going to be posting a map, well, a directions map on the Facebook page of how close the sheriff's office was to my house. 
let me tell you, it was within walking distance. Walking distance. I just had to walk up a hill, and I'd be at the fucking sheriff's office. So, now let's get into the one event that's going to put me in a bad light. But with as much as I've been through at this time, I'm not even I'm not even going to justify it. But I was in such a dark dark place that one day I went to Walmart, saw something that I wanted which was at the time a kiss cd um, if you're wanting to know it was destroyer i also found a greatest hits of Queensryche and a five finger death punch cd that i can't remember the title of so i still i stole those i took them out of the packaging and put them in my pocket i got stopped um, first time doing some shoplifting and i get caught my fucking luck um, of course, my mom comes and picks me up. If she wouldn't have came and picked me up, I would have been in juvie. My mom come, comes and picks me up. And, of course, I get the I'm very disappointed in you speech from both parents, yada, yada, yada. Then my stepdad starts taking off of work to make sure that we're going to stay in the house. Fucking, fucking stupid fucking just dumb petty bullshit that I had to deal with now that I look back on is fucking dumb um oh I must also add after that fight he took a um USB drive that I had my account on and all like save files and shit and just smashed it to fucking pieces right in front of me after beating me like what a guy what a fucking guy right what a fucking guy. Well, here's something that's funny. He didn't know that if I would have went to my friend RJ Clinney's house, I could download my fucking profile to his fucking Xbox. Just because you smashed a fucking USB drive, you tough son bitch, doesn't mean that everything that was on that flash drive besides the save data, which wasn't much to begin with, is still was still out there and guess what I have that account to this day but again that's beside the point so I did some shoplifting not the greatest moment of my life it's not it's not something that I do like to look back on because I was stupid I was in such a dark place that I wasn't even thinking rationally that I could possibly get in trouble for this. I just opened the CD package and just took the CDs and just went to go walk out the door. But little did I know that would finally be the nail in the coffin to my mom's shitty marriage to my stepdad. The abusive piece of shit, not just to me, but also to her. I remember 
watching her get beat and thrown around and just fucking just dogged on constantly. But little did I know that this little brush with the law and I'll and I'll go into detail in a second. Little did I know that this little brush with the law would be the catalyst for my mom to finally get the fuck out of Dodge and get the fuck out of that house. But now I want to go into, you know, what happened with this whole, you know, shoplifting thing. So I go to the ju I go to the uh juvenile detention center and I meet I meet one of the probation officers there. Um, I'm not sure if she's still there or not, but her name is uh, Britt Leap. She was also a person that really helped out when she needed to. And if she's still there, please give her all the credit in the world. She did, she did an amazing job with me, and I wouldn't be where I am today without somebody like that. Um, let me see. So I met her. And, you know, with it being my first ever offense, ever, I get put into this program uh, for shoplifters. One-time deal. I would not be offered it again. And if I wouldn't have taken it, I would have had it on my record, and I would have been in juvenile detention for, I think, I, I don't know how long it would have been, honestly. And for a kid like me, scrawny and weak, I don't think to, I I wouldn't have lasted a day in in the detention center. I just wouldn't have. So, God and whoever my uh, guardian angel was was looking out for me that day. So I got put in this program, and once I would finish this program, of a probation period of I think ninety days. Uh, the shoplifting would be taken off my record. So, and another thing, um, here here's some advice. Don't don't state that you are smoking pot as a fucking joke to people that know your mom. Because look at it back to you, and you'll have to do drug tests. I've literally about puked. The first time that I had to drink a shit ton of water. Because I had so much water building up in my system that I was about to throw up. And let me tell you, being on probation and also your mom thinking that you're smoking pot. Not a fun experience when your probation officer tells you that they're going to be at your school. They're going to piss test you and then they don't show up. Or that they're going to be at my house at the end of the day. So don't piss at all today. And they don't show up. I mean, I held my pee in. I was ready to go. I was ready to go. As soon as the bus ran round to the corner, I was like, oh my god, can you drive? I told the bus driver, I was like, man, can you drive a little faster? I'm about to piss my pants. And then I walked through the door and get told, oh, your probation officer's not coming today. She had to go take, go deal with another case. No big deal. 
So now we'll get into this. Um, my mom had finally had enough of my stepdad's shit. Started buying extra supplies from the store. Because at this time, we're old enough to stay at home while she goes grocery shopping and gets that shit done. So she's not chasing everybody around to get them all together in the store. But she would buy extra supplies. She would start moving some of her clothes that she wasn't wearing at the time and move it at the new house. Well, the day finally came. And my mom, as soon as I got off the bus, said, grab some of your, grab your things, we are leaving. And I'm like, um, mom, the fuck, why, what, what's going on? She says, I don't have time to explain, I will explain to you in a little bit when we get to the new house, but I am leaving, and you're, and you have to come with me. And I'm like, alright, whatever, cool. I gather up all my video games. I gather up the Xbox because my now-dead great-grandmother bought that for me and my brothers. And you know what? I'll be goddamned if they fucking took that from me. After the years of them fucking playing video games in front of me? Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I took the Xbox. Because one, my mom told me to. And two, it was my side of the family that bought it. So I had 100% right to take that. I gathered up everything that I want, that I needed to take. Star Wars toys, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you name it. Anything that I had upstairs in my room, clothes, books, you name it. Well, not as many books. You name it. I took it. And I remember the first game that I bought. When, when we moved into this house it was the Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion and that game will hold a special place in my heart because that was the first time where I was actually happy I was actually happy and everything starts to take take fold take hold finally my life is finally turning around I Find the Decibel Geek Podcast, which I have been a loyal listener to since since that day. Since that day. I believe that podcast is now almost a decade old, and I've been listening from almost the start. But as the old adage says, all good things must come to an end, right? And here's another another hard story to tell. That my friends, my closest friends, don't even know. But before I tell that story, I wanted to tell you guys just the greatest story I've ever been I have ever been told. So where we lived, it was not on the greatest side of Springfield. It wasn't. 
police patrol would patrol the night throughout the night. It was just the really shitty part of town. And and sometimes I would be a little scared at night, but you know what? I became friends with the neighborhood kids. And they would play football sometimes, and I'm like, you know what? Hell yeah. Let's go out and play some football, something that I enjoyed doing. And it said, and it goes to say, I mean, this goes to show that I could have done something if I would have been able to, one, convince my mom, and two, put my work ethic that I have today to work. When a, when a neighbor says, and of course this is an all kind of, you know, African American neighborhood, but when a neighbor says to my mom, is that your boy over there, the little white boy? My God, he's fast. And he can keep up with all these older boys. Why doesn't he play football? And I got to tell you, I got after it. I don't care if it was backyard football. I got after it. That was something that I enjoyed the most and still do to this day. If I could find, if there was a, um, oh, what is it? If there was a rec league, a recreational league for football, I would be trying to get in there tenfold. Tenfold. Because that is something that I enjoyed doing in my childhood. And it was a dream of mine, and it will still be a dream of mine till the day I die. Hands down. Hands down. And I thought, and I thought with the with the high school that I was on, I could have made it to the team. I, I knew I was going to put in the work. But unfortunately, as I said before, all good things must come to an end, right? So the night before, now I'll say this. The night before, you know, my, um, um, one of the probation officers, the guy that I got the closest to, cool guy, used to play football at Urbana High School. And he was like, you know, one day I hope to see you on a football field. You have the mindset for it. And you have the work ethic. Out of all the kids that we have come through here and in this program, you always do as you're told and when you're told to do it. And I got to tell you, man, I was coming downstairs getting ready to take a shower. And here he come. He came knocking on the door. He was like, hey, man, what's going on? I was like, nothing, sir. I'm about to take a shower. I just got done playing football with some of the neighborhood kids. And he's like, oh, yeah? Are you any good? And I was like, come on, man. Come on. And I was like, I mean, I can hold my own. He's like, well, man, this was your uh, well checkup. You passed. Glad to see that you're not out and about. And I was like, honestly, I just got here maybe a couple minutes ago. My mom told me to come home and the streetlights came on. And one of, my, one of the kids that I was friends with, he was, um, what was it? He lived just down the road. And I, I had told them that. And he's like, you know what, man? You got caught up in a bad situation. I always, I knew that you were one of the good ones. 
No, go get your shower and get get your ass in bed. You know that that was that was the day before. So the night, the next night, I'm upstairs. You know, I think I was talking with Chris and Jonte at this time. If I wasn't, I can't remember who I was talking to. I was playing Oblivion. And uh, my mom comes in, and I can hear her downstairs, and she's hysterical. She's hysterical. She's crying nonstop for... And I didn't know. I didn't know what she was crying about. Uh, I come downstairs. I go like, hey, guys, uh, my mom just got home. She's really hysterical. I'm going to be right back and figure out what the fuck's going on. Now, throughout this time, my mom and stepdad were trying to, you know, work out their differences. And, of course, he would always say, well, your son's always a problem. He's disobedient and disrespectful, blah, 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 all that dumb shit. Well, he would come over occasionally, and, of course, I would be that disrespectful little shit. And uh, this is what this, – this is how much I hate this man, Okay. This is how much I do not like this man at all. He comes home. I mean, he comes over to our house, and I'm playing Xbox, and he's like, um, you know, are you just going to sit there and play Xbox? Are you just going to sit there and play video games, or are you going to actually say hi? And I said, I don't have to talk to you. This is – you're living technically under my roof now, bud. I don't have to listen to any of your rules. I can sit here, have all my homework done, and then I get to play Xbox for the rest of the evening with nobody to tell me different. He's like, whoa, I don't know where your attitude came from. So there's that. But they were they were trying to work on, you know, their marriage, get marriage counseling. But eventually he decided he wanted a divorce. My mom was not expecting that at all. She expected everything to, you know, just blow over. And my stepdad's side of the family was not handling this news very well at all. They're actually quite assholes about everything. They would pretty much message my mom, say some very hateful shit for people that claim to be Christians. They said some really hateful shit. So I go to bed. I, I call my uncle. I'm hysterical because, you know, I hate when my life changes for the worst. And granted, guys, this is in junior year now. This is I'm a junior in high school. This is ha this is going on halfway through high school. Well, halfway through junior year. So I get back on Xbox and I say, hey guys, I'm going to bed. This is not going to be an easy night. And I said, I'll see you guys tomorrow at school. And I'll explain later. I'll explain then. So I go to bed. I think nothing of it. I go to bed. I weep. I cried myself to sleep. And honestly, 
That was not the first time I ever cried myself to sleep. Now this, this guys, this is the story that nobody knows that I have kept hidden for the last six, seven years. I saw for the first time what depression can do to a human being that was so fragile emotionally like my mother I wake up and I look at my clock on my phone and I'm late to school well I'm going to be late for school now at this time I was still going to Shawnee High School and my mom needed to drive me there. It's about a 15-20 minute drive from where we live to Shawnee. So I go downstairs. I get I get ready for school. Get everything ready to go. Teeth brushed. Breakfast. And I'm listening to No Substitute by Vinnie Vincent Invasion. And I have it on. I have the I have music on. And I go to wake my mom up. And And my mom is not waking up. My mom is just unresponsive. And I didn't think anything of it when I went to go brush my teeth. And I saw a bottle of alcohol. in a pill container. I thought nothing of it until the fifth time I tried to wake my mom up. And I thought that she was going to wake up. I honestly thought that she was going to wake up. Then the moment where I knew that I was not going to make it to school on time, I made the necessary phone calls. I called my grandmother. I called my probation officer. I called my this vice principal and said, my grandmother is coming from Troy. She's going to bring me to school. There is an emergency at home. After I get off the phone with you, I have to call the I have to call the authorities. Um, my mom 
right now is unresponsive and her lips were turning blue. I saw the first hand, first hand, I saw first hand I saw firsthand what depression can do to somebody. To somebody that I looked up to, that I thought was so strong willed, that got brought to their knees in one false swoop. They were brought to their knees. If I wouldn't have reacted the way that I did, in the manner that I did, I cannot believe that I was so calm. But today, I would be without my mother. And I would have blamed everything on my stepfather. And Lord only knows if my mom wasn't here right now, where I would be. Because I went to school after my grandma came and dropped me off and dropped me off at school, went back to the house. And the squad was there. The squad was there waiting on my grandmother to take my mom to the hospital. And here I am at school. I am not okay. I'm not I'm not okay. I go to my I think fourth period class, third or fourth period class. And we're in the computer lab. And I am angry, I'm frustrated, I'm sad because I don't know the state that my mother is in right now. I don't know if she's going to be okay, if she's going to come out of this. I am completely in limbo. I don't know what's going on. I just sit down and ask, what are we working on? Because I needed to get my mind away from, away from the fact that my brother, my stepbrother was in art class, was in my art class. And I wanted to knock him out because if it wasn't for his dad being a selfish fucking prick, and settling differences, not just because, uh, I don't know, yeah, I know, I was a little bit of a, I wasn't as much of a pain in the ass as everybody wants to paint me out to be.
but it's whatever. But I wanted to knock my brother out. Later that day, I found out that my mom was going to be fine. She was going to be in the hospital, but... But... I was... Going to go live with my grandma for a while. My grandma had to take me to the juvenile detention center to where I would meet my probation officer and would be granted to be taken off of my probation two months early regarding the circumstances that just occurred. Again, my guardian angel, whoever that may be, was looking out big time. Now, I've never talked to my mom about what I felt that day because I had kept that in. I had kept that hidden from everybody. And now I'm telling each and every one of you that are listening right now this insane story of my life. I had to quit going to Shawnee. I had to turn in all my books. I had to see all my friends and tell them goodbye. I had people giving me hugs and wishing me good luck. I would miss a week of school my junior year. I would go and start at Troy High School. I would start all over again. I would know nobody until my senior year. Actually, I can't even say that. I knew a couple people because we rode, we rode the same bus. But I would not completely come out of my shell until senior year. And I gotta tell you, we're moving on. Junior year, junior year was not a fun time for me. I did not want to be at Troy High School. I wanted to be with my friends. And I wish the circumstances were completely different and I wanted to just go back. I would see the girl that I would have a crush on one last time at a football game. And then again, for the final time, at our at their high school graduation. Because I wasn't going to miss that for the fucking world. But senior year was where I had my first ever girlfriend. It might have been a long distance relationship. And she might have cheated on me. But in the end, I had somebody that I could cry to, that would listen to me. And then in just the blink of an eye, it was all gone. I was back to square one. I would eventually find somebody that would listen to my problems and all my issues 
but they were more of a uh, a good friend than uh, than a girlfriend. Now, I I would have at least four girlfriends senior year, and every time I would break up with them, the one specifically, because she she created a fake pregnancy. Me and this girl only went on one date, and we never, never had sex, nothing. Here's something, guys. Here's something, guys. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18 and moved to Arizona. So there's that. The girls after that, I just didn't have an emotional connection to. There was one in particular that I did, and I, I'll admit, I fucked it up. I fucked it up big time. I fucked it up so hard that I went to the girl that caused me grief, that said that she was, um, she was pregnant when she wasn't, for God knows what reason. Again, I was still recovering from just being in such a dark place for so long, for so long, that I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I went to one college visit my senior year, and that was to a culinary school in Columbus, Ohio. I wanted to go to school in Columbus. I did, because that's the home of the Buckeyes, and I'd have something to do on the weekends. Now, the day that I graduated, I will say this. I will say this. The last bit of depression that I had to deal with in high school was this. Not just because my first girlfriend cheated on me, but the fact that I had to deal with a little situation at my high school prom where I took a girl into the bathroom and yes, it was the intent to lose my virginity that night. And a picture was taken of me and spread around school. That spread spun me in for a loop among with all the other shit that this girl was doing as well talking to her exes allegedly giving hand jobs under a school lunch table and of course I would be told this by my close and personal close my close friends but man as I look back on it I've been through so much shit. And this is only part one, ladies and gentlemen. This is only part one. I've been through so much shit. I've lived through so much pain and suffering. And the pain and suffering isn't done, guys. It's not. Because in the winter of 2014 was where my world would get turned upside down and I would have to move cross country to the state 
of Arizona and leave everything, everybody, and lastly, the last girl that I would date in Ohio, that I would want to date in Ohio until 2016. Now, I would have girlfriends in Arizona. Like I said, I lost my virginity at age 18 in Arizona. But, I would leave everyone behind and start anew in Arizona and that's where I'm gonna pick up in part two of reflections alright ladies and gentlemen that was part one of what I call reflections this was probably the hardest episode to record because there were some pretty, pretty secret stories. And honestly, I hope you guys appreciated hearing them. Um, again, I want to thank you. I want to thank Chris, Chris Lloyd, Jonte Davenport. Um, I already mentioned her, Jenna Rigsby. I'm going to mention a couple people here. Uh, Jessica Young. Because the time that they came... The time that Jessica came into my life was was when I needed somebody the most. I didn't mention it, but I was really in a, in a rough patch when I met when I met Jessica for the first time. But she'll never hear this episode, not not once. But I want to thank those people. And the people that I mentioned before. Because without you, I wouldn't be alive. But, again, as I said, that was part one. Part two is going to be out next week. And, honestly, I don't have anything else to say, guys. This, uh, this has been quite the emotional episode where I've had to I had to pause in multiple areas to stop myself from crying. So without further ado, the bakery is now closed and I will see you again in the next episode.